Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with the promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's Stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Back again for our weekly discussion of how stupid athletes are sometimes. Um, Definitely found out this past weekend with the the Pittsburgh Steelers-Detroit Lions game ending in a tie. And, you know, John Jones saying that he's going to take over the, the heavyweight division, even though he hasn't fought in like two years. But um, but before we get into the show, head over to staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our social media accounts, on the which is on the right-hand side there. You're going to want to do that because I'm going to announce our Thanksgiving giveaway a little bit later on in the, uh, the episode and what the rules are and everything. But you're going to have to be following... Um, our Facebook page and our Twitter page to be eligible to enter the, the giveaway. Um, and if you want to buy some merch, up top there's the merch tab. Got some hoodies there, some t-shirts, hats. If you don't want to buy merch, that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. If you want to help support the show in a different avenue, go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports and you can buy me a beer. Some people buy coffees there, but, you know, I kind of like the beer, so you can buy me a beer. <laughs> so, um, and also we still have our uh, Stay Tuned Sports chat line, 612-STS-CHAT. You could call it, tell me how good I'm doing here or any ideas uh, as far as giveaways even, um, sports topics, anything like that. Just give it a call. I'll put you on the show. I'll answer your questions or your negative comments about me and go from there. But um, before we get into the whole, you know, not knowing about ties in the NFL saga still going on, um, this past Friday night was the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series, and they were at uh, Lucas Oil Speedway. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, 
definitely not the cleanest of races. Uh, definitely was, I, I want to say, a season high in cautions. But it was a short track, you know, so, I mean, things are going to happen. Um, good racing, though. I mean, other than the cautions, there, there were still a lot of good battles throughout the, the field. Um, was very hard for a lot of these drivers, well, all the drivers, to get some uh, green flag runs in just because of the cautions. Most of them were, you know, self-spin outs. Or, you know, I think there was like 14 cautions and maybe like five or six of them were, were self-spin outs, which would bring a, a caution flag out. Which takes it down to right around 10. And that's, I mean, me personally, I always figure it's going to be at least 10 cautions when it's a short track like this. Um, so, I mean, as far as that goes, you know, they're pretty much on pace, but as, as a, a season for the, the season, they were, they, the drivers were averaging about three to four cautions a, a race. Um, so obviously that average is going to go up a little bit. But as far as the race, Jason Gracias won the pole, um, did not take the uh, the challenge, the um, Dr. Mashburn podcast challenge, which you would take a end-of-line penalty and try to work your way all the way up to first place, win the race to win whatever prize pole is in there. Um, but he did have a, a very dominant race. He, he led a lot of laps. Most likely led most of the laps. Um, and the, the other cool thing about this um, this particular race, uh, it was the TNR rock and roll um, truck scheme race. So there was a lot of trucks that uh, painted their, their trucks, whether it was their favorite band or just the band in general. And some of the, the ones that were really cool looking uh matt cherry did a, a mud vein kind of like a uh like a silver looking um style body and i mean i'm a huge mud vein uh fan have never seen them live i wish i could i have seen hell yeah which is the closest thing i've seen of mud vein and they put a hell of a show on um but this but matt cherry's truck was really cool looking chris darling did Five Finger Death Punch, which is another one of my favorite bands. Um, that one looked really, really cool. Uh, as far as votes, because it was it was up to the fans to vote who the the best paint scheme was. I really thought this, you know, Chris Darling's was gonna win it until I saw Joshua Sobel's, who was uh, Iron Maiden, and I mean, he knocked it out of the park with, with that paint design. Um, as far as the voting, I mean, he, he destroyed the whole field that um, entered into this. I, I think he doubled whatever the second place guy's vote was. But also, um, Justin White's truck, he, he did a, a Guns N' Roses paint scheme, kind of like a Appetite for Destruction feel to it, and it was really cool looking. So I just want to say to all, all the truck drivers that did um, a paint scheme that I may have forgot even they were all cool looking really good looking um, even uh, I forget who drove it but Foster the People I haven't heard that band in, in a few years now and it was pretty cool to see that that paint scheme out there um, getting back to the race itself though uh, like I said there was a lot of cautions most, most of them were spin outs or some of the drivers were hitting the wall coming out of turns, which kind of made some of the trucks 
check up and it was just a uh, a pinball effect type type deal going um, but in the end like I said Jason Gracias I don't know if he was kicking himself in the ass for not taking the Dr. Mashburn podcast challenge uh, but he ended up winning the race you know so he, he would have won something well, I'm not sure what the prize pool would have been he ended up winning the race um, and it's the second win of the season so obviously he's locked into the playoffs Speaking of the playoff chase, there's only four races left before the chase starts, and there's 67 points separating 8th to 11th place. Now, 8th through 10 um, are the, or I'm sorry, 9th place and 10th place are the wild card spots. They're going to be figured out by points. 1st through 8 is going to be anybody that wins a race and is in. Um, so, I mean, it, it started to get down to the nitty-gritty here. You know, like I said, with four uh, four races left, 67 points to get to the 10th spot. I don't think that's a um, tough objective to do. You know, I, I think it could, could be done. Um, and with that being said, here is my three racers to watch for this upcoming Friday at Las Vegas. Um, first one, John Canizero. Um He already has two wins. He has uh, five top ten finishes in his last five races. And But here's my, my only question. Sorry, I had a little brain fart there. Um, did he start clicking too early? I mean, you want to have that momentum, you know, two or three races left into the... before the, the chase starts. You know, with him being so good these past few races, will that momentum carry into the chase and all the way to a championship? So it's going to be curious to see if that does carry over to this race. And I, I think it's definitely a racer you guys should keep an eye out for. Next one is uh, Ben Mashburn. He has one top five finish in the last five races. He does have a spot in the playoffs locked with a win, but he's looking to get into the right direction of the momentum you know only having one top five finish because obviously when you go into go into the chase it's the top drivers you know like the, the drivers that have had very good seasons um all the drivers that did win a race i don't believe there's a driver that was like quote lucky and and, and just won a race you know they're all pretty pretty up there with points even um, so I think, unlike John Canizero, I think Ben Mashburn may hit the right time to, 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 get the mo- to get the momentum going heading into the playoff chase. And then for my third racer to watch out for is Tristan Mayer. Mayer. I believe I said his name the right way. Um, he has two top 10 finishes the last two races. Problem right now with, with him is he's on the outside looking in. Um, I don't think he if, I don't think there's enough time for him to make up the point difference I think the easiest way for him to make the playoffs right now is by getting a win um, so I, you know it, it might be this week you know I, I think that's another racer to, to keep an eye for he may be driving a little bit more aggressively to to get that win 
and and lock himself into the, the playoff chase. So that's my three drivers for this week um, to watch. Make sure you guys tune in on YouTube over at 3Y TV Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Come join me in the chat. Usually a bunch of us there all, all bullshitting about the race, rooting our guys on, small talk. Sometimes there's barbecue recipes being exchanged. You know, it's a, it's a good time. So uh, Friday night, 9 p.m., 3Y TV over on YouTube. Yay! Past week, well, this past weekend, uh, we found out that there's still ties in the NFL. Detroit Lions going for their first win of the season. Steelers, quite frankly, being the Steelers, um, not playing as good as everybody thinks they should be playing. Ended up in a tie. And before I get into why I'm talking about this topic, I turned this game on, I would say about halfway through the fourth quarter, when I saw 16-16, there was a small part of me thinking that Detroit was going to pull this off. Detroit was going to get their first win. My sister's a big Steelers fan. I was debating if I should text her, see if she's okay. Um, Debating if I should text her if they lose and bust on her, because... You know, obviously the Eagles destroy them 41 or 40, whatever, to, to 7. Um, and Detroit almost pulled it off. They went for a game-winning field goal. And this is when I realized Detroit is still cursed. They may be the new Boston Red Sox that's never going to win a championship or a playoff game for 80 years. Easy field goal to make. You know, it wasn't no 10-yard field goal, but it wasn't no 52-yard field goal. And I don't know what this kicker did, but he just flopped it. It, it looked like a, a lame duck flying through the air. Ending the, the regulation, going to overtime. And then both teams didn't want to win. You know, uh, Mason Rudolph was in there at quarterback because uh, Big Ben was on the COVID list. And through an interception, Detroit, you know, next offensive uh uh, possession, fumble the ball away, and then Pittsburgh started driving down, and their receiver tried to make a couple more yards, fumbled the ball away with eight seconds left, and that's how the game ended. But Najee Harris, that game still goes on. Who pl- who, who who plays for ties? You know, I mean, come on now. Well, sorry, Harris, but to, to kind of tell you, there's been ties in the NFL since like 1995. Or actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, like 1995, something like that. Like for, for years, you know. Um, sorry, 1974. Um, the reason why I bring this up is like every year there's a player that comes out and says, oh, I didn't know there was ties. You know, obviously, Donovan McNabb is one of the, the biggest names I, I guess you could say in the past 20 years um, to say I didn't know there was a tie and you know so I, I kind of dig you know I dug into this whole story if you want to call it that and there's more than just Donovan McNabb that has said this and, and more than just Najee Harris saying this you know almost every year it seems like there's at least one tie between teams 
Um, Jay Gruden was an, was a head coach when he came out and said, I didn't know there was ties. Uh, Danny Amendola was another one. Um, so, I mean, like, these aren't, like, backup players, you know? Like, they're not scrubs. These are starting caliber players and head coaches, and they don't know about ties. So, and again, so I dug a little more, and I'm like, I can't believe this many players believe there's no ties in the NFL. Well, you know, I was about to give them a pass and be like, well, you know, college football, there's no ties. They have the the overtime rules. Both teams get possessions. I mean, granted, earlier this uh, season, we've seen Penn State go nine overtimes before finally a, a winner was deemed. And it's been years since I've been to a high school football game. So I was like, well, maybe there's no ties in, in football. Maybe that's why these players are just used to keep playing in overtime. Well, in high school, there's ties. You know, um, for for years. And my other problem with these players are, it's not like the NFL is a lacrosse league, something small. This is the NFL. You're telling me you're, you're, you're playing football as a peewee player, as a high school player, as a college football player, and you're not watching a, a game of NFL? I mean, you have to see that there's been ties in the NFL. Just from 2012 all the way up to now, there's been t- 10 ties alone. That's one tie a year. When they originally, when the NFL originally made the overtime rules and changed the the, the, the rules in 1974, which added one sudden death overtime, and that's when they said, okay, you know what? You guys got 15 minutes to find a winner. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're not doing no more. I mean, we can't give multiple quarters. And even from then up till now, there was like 30-some ties. So it's not like this is a new rule that they just put in last year or something. And I also blame the coaching staff. You know, you're going through preseason. um, You know, training camps and all that stuff. Don't you think you would be teaching your... Your players also, hey, listen, we, we, we got to get these plays down. Otherwise, you know, there's potential that we may tie. I mean, I know it's very small and minute, you know, um, aspect of the game since there's only one, maybe two a, a, a year of, of ties. But you're trying to prepare your players to, to play and to win games. And, you know, I remember a few years ago, Philly tied with... Uh, the Bengals, I believe it was. And had playoff implications. I believe they they made the playoffs by a half game because of the tie. So it's not like these ties uh, don't count towards wins or you know win percentage like they used to in the NFL. Now there is implications. And you can not make the playoffs because of that half game. So I blame everybody from the, the, the coaches all the way down 
to the janitor. I mean, Jesus, even he, he probably knows that there's, there's ties. Now, with that being said about players not knowing about ties and, and things like that, I have a solution for the NFL of how to fix this to end ties, but still have your overtime rules. And this is our hot minute take for how to fix ties. So, in a way, I want them to kind. Of, I want the NFL to kind of take on the college thinking of uh, overtime. You know, keep the the three point seven point you know possession things. The, the difference between college and, and the NFL rules that I would like to see is with college being, you know, they get the ball at the 25-yard line, whatever. I don't want that. Get the ball at the 50. Make them drive a little bit. Let them get in the field goal uh, range. Right now, the current rules, both teams uh, have the opportunity to possess the ball at least one time in the overtime unless the team scores a touchdown, then it's over. I think they should get the ball at the 50-yard line. If they get the touchdown, game's over but they have that chance to go for a field goal. Let's keep going back and forth because, like I said earlier, ties can affect playoff spots, and it just causes chaos. So that was our hot minute take. That's how I would fix the overtime rule in the NFL. I think it needs to be fixed. I know it's not 15 minutes anymore, but it's down to 10. But there's still ties. No one likes ties. There's mass confusion with it. And I think that's the best possible way to still have it be an entertaining game and not affect playoff spots down the road. Up next, we have our blue pick segment. And I didn't do that well this week. So that's kind of like back-to-back weeks. But here are my blue picks. And here is your blue picks of the week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. That's right. So we are doing our week nine recap of our blue picks. And like I said, um, didn't do that well this past week. Went one and two. Um, I took the Colts for my blowout pick. That was the only one that hit. They won by 15. Mike White is not the great white hype. Doesn't look like he's going to be starting this week. Joe Flacco is getting to start for the Jets. Um, had a feeling that was going to happen. We see that a lot. You know, a one-hit wonder one week, and then it's garbage the rest of the week because teams are able to game plan for them now. And I think that's what we saw this past week. Um, for my lock, this one I was surprised with. Um, I took Tampa Bay over Washington, but they actually got blown out by 10 points by Washington on top of losing Chase Young. That's a huge hit to Washington on that defense. Um, Bruce Arians calling his team a dumb team. 
Tom Brady stomp, uh, storming off um, during a press conference. So this week, I am curious to see how and if Tampa Bay bounces back because it just seems like Brady and Arians may not be on the same page and may start start to fold. You know, we never know. Um, as far as my upset, I took the Falcons over Dallas. I thought Dallas was going to... I thought this this past week's game would have been the, the start of the their yearly um, demise, their, their, their fall from grace. But Dan Quinn was it was his first game back and just romped on Atlanta. I think it was like 44 to, to 3 or something like that. It was just just bad. And you know, so this weekend I'm actually gonna be tuning in to watch Dallas because I'm curious if is Dallas for real? I mean, how many years have we seen them show up like this, play like this, and then December comes and just collapse? So I'm curious to see how they play this week. Um, so as far as my week 10 blue picks, for my blowout uh, pick, I have Tennessee over Houston. Tennessee's giving 10 and a half. This one, you know, I, if you guys have listened over the past few weeks, I always say that I'm always scared to put money on any games that are double-digit spreads. This one I may because Houston's only averaging 14 points a game. And if you look at their past five games, only three of them, they scored over 10 points. Or, I'm sorry, three of them were under 10 points. The other two games they had, I, I believe, was like 15 and 20 points. So, I mean, this this one could get out of hand real quick, even with uh, Derrick Henry not being in the lineup still with that, uh, what was it, the foot or the knee injury? So, uh, going Tennessee there. My lock pick, even though I said I'm curious to see if Tampa Bay uh, bounces back, I'm going with the Bucks. Who's giving the Giants 11? I believe that even though Bruce Arians called his team dumb and, and Tom Brady stormed off, pissed off, you know, during the press conference, I think that's going to fuel them to say, you know what, we're we're not done, we're not collapsing, we're not, we're, there's no problems here. And unfortunately, the Giants are going to be that team that they do it to. Um, Giants have played better, but again, it's Tom Brady. There's only one giant killer out there, and he's retired. Or uh, Brady killer, I should say. And he retired. That does the Monday night Manning booth stuff. Um, for my upset pick, I got the Lions over the Browns. Lions are getting 10. Here's my thinking. Other than the Eagles game, and I know Steelers aren't the greatest team, but they almost beat the Steelers. And I think the Browns are equal to and maybe a slight better than the Steelers. And I think with the Lions, it you know things are just starting to you know come together for them. And at a time that the Browns gave up 45 points last game, this may be the time that the Lions finally get their first win and get the upset over the Browns. So that's Tennessee over Houston for my blowout pick. Buccaneers over the Giants for my lock pick. And Lions will get their first win over the Browns for my upset pick. Now, I said at the top of the show about a Thanksgiving giveaway. Um, here's the rules for the giveaway. 
you must be following either our Twitter page or Facebook page because I'm going to do a giveaway for Twitter and I'm going to do a giveaway for Facebook. So you must follow either Twitter and the Facebook page or both. I mean, I'd appreciate if it was both. Um, and then on Thanksgiving game day for the Raiders-Cowboys game, I'll have a game day thread that... Uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll post a game day thread the night before so that way it gives everybody a chance to, to post. But you have to guess Dak Prescott's passing yards for the game. And whoever's the closest will win. If there's a tie, I'll do a, a pull a name out of the hat. But the thing is, don't put Dak Prescott and then the yards. I just want just the number. Just the passing yards number. So, again, must follow our Twitter page and Facebook page. Look for the game day thread for the giveaway and post just the passing yards you think Dak Prescott will have for the game. I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, a little bit quiet week again. Um, I, I was impressed with my Eagle. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Hopefully Miles Sanders comes back this weekend because I want to see if Nick Seriani sticks with the running game. I'll be pissed if he doesn't. <laughs> I may drive down there and kick his ass. But head over to staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our social media accounts, our Facebook and Twitter there, especially for the, the Thanksgiving giveaway. Up top is our merch tab. Head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash stsports to help show your support that way as well. And if there's anything in the show or any comments or suggestions about the show, call 612-STS-CHAT and you may be on the show. You never know. So till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo signing out.